church praise the lord church he alone is worthy hallelujah Hallelujah. amen amen. Amen. we're here to worship and praise the name of jesus stand to your feet worship jesus with us this morning hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah, jesus we bless your name
this morning Lord we're going to ask you to pray with us this morning that the Lord will have his way in the service this morning that will touch us and that whatever will be said and done today will be done to the glory and to his honor this morning let's just pray this morning Father God we come into your presence this morning one more time Lord God we thank you for your goodness for your mercies and for your love oh God we thank you Lord God for this privilege oh God it's nothing good that we have done, O oh God, but because of your love, because of your mercy. O oh God, you have kept us, Lord God. You have sustained us. You have given us life and life more abundantly. You are the one that we worship and adore. We glorify your name. Oh God, if there is ever a time we need you, we need you now, Lord God. Father God, we ask you to touch, O oh God, and bless us this morning. Bless our service this morning. Touch our praise singers individually and collectively, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for every family, every saint, those that are watching us for this morning, that you will touch us individually, Lord God. I pray and ask you to open our hearts and our minds Speak to us this morning. Hey, oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will pour out your spirit, oh God, upon us this morning. And that whatever will be said and done this morning will be done to the glory and to the honor of your name. Have your way among us, oh God. Speak to our hearts, oh God. Oh, pour your spirit upon us this morning. Lord God, and I pray for the men of God 
as they come before you this morning. How you will use them like never before. We love you, Lord God. We worship you. We magnify your name, O oh God. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We ask your will to be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And can we just continue to worship the Lord this morning? Oh, hallelujah.
there. Can we just give the Lord a round of applause as we continue to worship? Oh, hallelujah. He's worthy this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And can we just praise the Lord, everybody? Come on. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. So good to see everyone this morning in the house of God, our online congregation. We welcome you this morning to be a part of the service this morning. Praise God. We pray do hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We pray that your family and friends, you were able to eat a lot. I still have a lot of leftovers. You know, I know some of us still have some leftovers. And I pray that God will continue to fill us. Amen. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, um, worshiping God this morning. And um, I, I, yesterday afternoon, I, I had the privilege of, of being with some family um, over in Pennsylvania. And I'm saying, um, you know, I, I sat and I said, you know, it, it's good to be with family, but it's not the same when you're in the house of God. There, there, there's something significant or something different about whenever you can assemble yourself together to praise and to worship God. You know, saying this to say that nothing wrong when we can gather together as a, you know, family and friend uh, to worship and, uh, you know, talk about whatever things that we want to talk about on the family side. Um, you know, in fact, do, during the course of um, a conversation there that I um, was having with a um, um, couple of my uh, siblings there, um, you know, some, some things that uh, came to light and I'm saying, oh, my God, God has been so good. You know, I, I, and I'm saying this to say that I'll, I'll save that testimony for, for another time. But so after we drove yesterday and came to prior yesterday, uh, uh, pastor was back there. I came in and I gave him the pound, you know, greet and walk away, came back. And he said, oh, I got to call my boy. <laughs> call, call my man. <laughs> Ruan. So I said, Pastor, it's a long time since I haven't talked to Ruan. I'm being honest with you. I haven't, I haven't talked to him a long time. You know, so I know he said you take up the phone and said he was going to text him. But I don't know if you get a chance because it was close to prayer time. And, man, I, I, and I saw Ruan walk into the house of God this morning. I just shook my head and said, God, it's so good. But, you, but, you know, saying this to say that, you know, make, make sure you love your loved ones. You know, time is so short. Now they're talking about another new variance coming out, and it's out, and, you know, you don't know what next. But listen, when, when you see when you're connected with God, you don't have to worry about whatever variance is coming out or whatever is in. You know, you're trusting a God that is able to protect you and to keep you. Amen. And that's the God that I serve this morning. Yes, you want to do whatever you can do in your power to be safe, to be vigilant, and all that good stuff. But with the same token, you know, we have to make sure we use wisdom and be wise also. Amen. Remember the scripture said, eat a wounded soul is wise. You know, so we have to make sure we do our due diligence by inviting people to church. Don't let nothing stop you from inviting or tell someone about the love of God. You know, so while I was there with the family yesterday, um, um, my sister-in-law called me up and asked me, if I don't mind, pray before whatever function that they were having. So I said, not a problem. I'm here, you know. So I went up, you know, prayed for them, prayed and asked the Lord to bless the meal and everything. And it was indeed an honor to be there. But then there was something, Pastor, that was missing. <laughs> 
And, you know, I, I was listening to your message this morning, man. It was so powerful this morning. And, you know, we, we just don't know what we're missing when we're not in the house of God. It's not the same when we watch it via Zoom or whatever, online streaming. It's not the same. But whenever we're in the house of God, it's like something do happen. So I commend everyone, you know, thank you for coming out this morning. And pray that God will continue to bless and keep us together as one. Amen. Amen. Everyone said it's offering time. Amen. Don't don't forget this morning um, we're we're in our stewardship campaign and um, so so this is another thing before I go off. Um, um, I was looking at the praise singers this morning and said, man, it's tight, very tight up here. I, I, I'm looking in our 9 a.m. service and said, oh my God, things are just so tight. And this is a God truth. We need room. We need more space. But the only way we can achieve what we are trying to accomplish is by us put our, uh, uh, our money where our heart is. Is that the way it should be? Our heart where our money is. Our mouth where our money is. Amen. Something like that. You get the gist of what I'm saying. But, but, but you, you, get the, you get the picture. So, so what we're, we're trying, you know, if, if there's someone that's watching us via online, um, I don't have my trifold uh, folder up here this morning on uh, my, my package. But um, we want you to partner with us. We want you to be a part of the miracle that God has for us. God have a miracle for us. And we're open next year, which is right around the corner, if you please. Um, I would like to be in our new building, you know, the sooner the rather. But we can only do that once we get the funding. I know there's a lot of people make commitment, but we need your money also. Don't just make your commitment and just put your money. We need your money because that's the only We can't go to the table and say we have commitment. We've got to show the dollars that we have money, you know, so we, we want to make sure, you know, put your, uh, your, 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 your money, um, your, your mouth where your, your heart is. Amen. Are your money is. Amen. 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 So um, be generous this morning. Remember, we have two different envelopes. We got one for, um, for, for stewardship campaign, Brother Henry to my right. Uh, to my left, and Brother Tom, to my left, your right, as the one for the offering. Make sure you fill them out accordingly. Um, your campaign, use that designated for your campaign, um, uh, for your reach, and for your tithes and offering. That's something that you're committed, that you have to give, your tithes and offering. Don't try to take back from what you're given, because that's your blessing there. The extra that you're giving over here is for the building fund. But if you can give a little bit more over for our reach, you know, we encourage you to do so. Amen. So we're going to invite you all to stand at this time as we pray. Remember, if you're giving electronically or you're giving online, you can go to www.myccc.faith. If you go to PayPal, you can go to the at sign Christ Center Church. And if you're giving to Cash App, it's Cash App, the dollar sign CCC. 2711, and if you want to pay here and you're in the house, you can see Sister Patrice, your brother Jordan, amen, and we have three ushers, one in the middle and two in the front, so feel free, we make it convenient so you can give unto the Lord this morning, amen. Bow your heads as we pray. Father God, we thank you for uh, what we have already felt in the service. We ask your blessing, O oh God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering. O oh God, that you will bless every givers, Lord God. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way so they too can receive your blessing, Lord God. We pray for those that are watching us, O oh God, via online, Lord God, this morning. Lord God, that you'll touch their hearts, their minds, O oh God. Help us, Lord God, to continue to grow. Help us to continue to, Lord God, go to that place where you're gone for us, to prepare for us, Lord God. And Father God, I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll open up the doors. 
Lord, so that we can reach our goal, Lord God, with the funds that we need, $1.7 to $2.5 million, Lord God, for this building. Open up the doors for us, O oh God. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Worship the Lord with us, countrymen.
Jesus, you are royalty. We crown you king of kings, your majesty. We bow before the throne, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen. I love the Lord. He is so, so easy to love. Mm -hmm. When you think of his goodness and all he has done. Amen. Your 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 soul, your 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 heart, your mind just begins to thank him and praise him. Say hallelujah. Amen. Well, we have some ground to cover here today. So good to be in the house of the Lord. I pray that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And if you're like me and you were able to just relax and chill out and eat and just enjoy family, um, then you had a good Thanksgiving. The young people, the kids, you know, when they're not doing something, they say, I'm bored. You know, they they, they, got to be doing something. And if they're not doing something, they are bored. But for those of us that are usually doing something, you are grateful when you get a chance to just chill out and do nothing. So thank God for bringing us through another Thanksgiving. And um, we look forward to all the goodness of the Lord that is before us. And we thank him. I have been giving out some books this morning. Um, I try to give it to our leaders because one of the, if you receive a book, what I would like for you to do is you need to get an accountability. My wife is my accountability partner and she will be accountable to me. So I got her covered. She's got me covered. Um, But there are some practical things in the book that uh, you receive and just the title of the book. Uh, tells you daily things of Christian living. And so the first thing you need to ask yourself, am I a Christian? (laughs) And if you are, then there are daily things you should be doing. Uh, A lot of us know that daily things, um, you know, we try to pray and we try to get a little Bible reading going on. And that's good. And that's daily things that we need to do. But it's so much more than that. Because in your daily things, these are daily things. And it's daily because the Bible said to do them daily. And so daily we should evangelize. Daily we should praise God. Daily we should die to ourself, mean deny ourself. You can work on that, and that's something that you want to be accountable uh, to your partner with in just beginning to say, you know what, I'm going to die to this. I'm going to die to that. It's not easy to try to die to everything all at once, so don't try that. But at least start picking some things that you know is not good for you. And you need to start dying to them. And that's why you want to die daily. You want to make sure every day has purpose to it. Okay? You want to make sure you have the word of God in your heart every day, the daily bread. You want to study daily. And you want to be in alignment with God and his church. So those are things you want to do daily. And so this is daily things Christian living. And so if you will apply them, it will be good. Some of us, and, you know, you might wonder how I get to some of us. Obviously, some of us that received the book, um, it's part of our leadership because I want us to be accountable to one another and start to practice these daily things because we are going to take on or undertake a, a new endeavor of owning our own property, and it sounds good. It sounds good. It will be good. But it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and commitment and faithfulness. Amen. 
you know, for those of us that went from condominiums or went from um, townhouses where, you know, um, you, 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 you know, people took care of the, 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 the stuff that you need taken care of. You know, they, they mowed a grad, the association took care of everything, right? When you can think about going from condominium and townhouses and, you know, places that are not yours, you know, when you left there, you went and you bought you a single family. It was nice. But fall time, here come the leaves. <laughs> when, 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 when the pipes, you know, broken, any leakage, air not working, heat not working, it's all on you. So it sounds good that we own our own property and we don't have a choice because that's what God's will is for us. So it's not like we can say, well, God, we don't have a choice. Either we're going to follow his plan and, and take the vision or we're going to be left behind and be out of the will of God. So we don't really have a choice. But the point is, we know that we're, we're going to have to be even more committed than we are. We're going to have to be even more faithful than we are. And so I look forward to what God is going to do. But we need to be prepared to be effective when God bring us to the land that he will bring us to. Amen. Before I get into the word of God this morning, I have an anoint an, an anointment. I have an, an anoint announcement that I would like for you all to be a part of. I didn't tell the 9 a.m. Um, um, congregation. I told them to tune in at 10:30 service if they want to be a part of a family announcement. This is a family announcement, and so I am looking forward. I'm excited, Sister Crystal, about this family announcement. And so, Sister Patrice will kind of give us, uh, bring us into the family announcement. Come on, Sister Patrice, let's get to the family announcement. So we are... Happy eight. Thanksgiving. One, two, three. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> all right, one more, one more. On the count of three, everybody say, Sean is pregnant! <laughs> to our Christ-centered church family. Congratulations to Shauna and Ethan. Isn't that exciting? Sister Crystal, you want to know what the, after Ethan made the announcement, right, to, when he, he came over and, and shared it with us, you know what he said? I said, Lord, we're in a rat race right now. Ethan says, yeah, pastor, that might be the first baby dedication in the new building. I said, I said, Lord, if somebody come to me before probably about July, August, because that's probably where we'll um, dedicate them. Um, somebody come to us July, August and say, you know, before July, August, say they want to do a baby dedication. I might have to just, you know, say my schedule is booked till till about September. <laughs> uh, I might have to say schedule booked till about September because Ethan had claimed the first baby dedication. So I, I don't know what we're going to do. In a new building. 
So, Sean, I want you to come. We're going to pray for you that God will continue to touch you. And we want a nice, healthy baby. Amen. Come on, Ethan. Don't be sitting there. When she move, you move. When she cough, you hold out. You know what I mean? When her head hurt or you do whatever you got to do. Please. This is, this is uh, uncharted territory. And, you know, you better work out a little bit more. You know, learn how to operate on two hours sleep, you know. You know, Shauna don't want to get up. She don't have to get up. You know what I'm saying? But I did say this to Ethan, and, you know, I try to be fair at all times, that I believe the young people, their age, and even, you know, somewhere in their age bracket, I think they do a lot better than males do a lot better than even my generation and the generation before me in making sure they're there for their spouse. I think they do a better job. I think they get involved more. I got to be honest, you know, my generation and generation before, you know, you know, they just kind of left it to the woman, do what you do, you know. And so I, I, I feel confident that he will do a great job in make, being there for his wife and being there for their family and making sure they're good. So I want you to pray with me for Shauna that God will just continue to touch her. She, she, she was hiding. Nobody knew. She was coming to church like, eh, no big deal, you know. You know, and then I scoped them out the other day. And she tried to throw me off the pace. You know, you saw Ethan with the little baby last couple of weeks and he was all in. Did you all realize that something was going on? Like he almost was just like, let me practice. How do I make her lay down real good? And she was locked in like she smelled baby smell on Ethan. And so so she was all her shoulder was, you know, that baby, she don't go to everybody. And so she was all into Ethan's neck. So he was he had the baby smell on him and he, he didn't even know it. And so something was going on, but they wouldn't tell us. And so Shauna finally, you know, Shauna and Ethan, they like to plan stuff. And so they're, they're exact and, you know, precise. And so they have, they're going to do it this day, and this is how they're going to do it. And so here we are. We're just going to pray for this baby. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, God, we thank you for this new addition to our family, Lord God. And, Lord, we want to see a healthy and strong and purpose God-driven baby that will come forth and do great things for you, Lord. Lord, I pray for his health and strength, Lord God, that you'll touch him even in the womb, Lord God, that, Lord Jesus, you will sanctify him, and that, Lord, that when he come forth, Lord God, the will of God will be done in his life. Oh, God, bind them together and give them a healthy and strong, godly-inspired, godly-motivated Oh, Lord, use them, Lord God, to bring forth, Lord God, a child of God that will do great things for you, Lord. Bless them and bind them together. Let your will be done in their life. Give them the health and strength that they need to raise up this baby in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. New edition. Hallelujah. Amen. Great announcement. I'm just watching y'all, watching IJ, and I'm watching um, Kiki and Nye and Ethan them. Just watch. Y'all keep, y'all might as well get on board and, and, and do what y'all got to do. Uh, what, you know, this is what I'm saying, because y'all bringing forth, um, you know, the, the next generation of, you know, pastors and and, and and evangelists and apostles and prophets. So it's no sense of playing around. Just that's what God wants, you know. So just let them come up and do what they're going to do. I mean, it's interesting. Did y'all say, um, you know, the gender? 
No? Leave that alone? All right, we'll leave that alone. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just saying, man, y'all got to stop this. Y'all got to give me everything. Give me everything. Let me get into it. Let me just go preach the word. Let's get into the word. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody this morning. Rayon, it's good to see you. You you good? All right. Rayon came home from school. Rayon doing the do. Amen. Good examples. Y'all are good examples. Rayon is home from school. Amen. And he's in the house of God. He didn't come home from school just to hang out. He came home from school, be with his family, probably visit some friends, but he in church as well. Amen. Thank God for the foundation that is laid so they can be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, see what the word of God has to say. Dee Dee, I appreciate you being a part of the congregation online this morning. Barbara, I'm going to send you one of the books so you can be the holder of the book and Joe can follow along with you. You make him accountable just the way it is. Bar- Barbara's got this. Barbara's going to be, I keep saying this, I don't know how this is going to work, and I just got to speak it, Barbara. Barbara's going to be a tremendous teacher in our church, and Barbara is in Florida. So however that's going to work out, Barbara, Jesus and you will work it out. But I just know she's going to be a tremendous teacher. She is already a teacher, and I gotta, I'm going to do everything that I can to just help her just, you know, develop her skills in teaching the word of God and being effective in just, you know, delivering the word of God. And so I believe that she's going to do some great things for the Lord. So, Barbara, you get to hold on to the book. I'm going to mail a book down there to Florida, and you get to hold on to the book. I can see her looking at Joe right now like, mm-hmm. What do you have to say, Joe? <laughs> it's all right, Joe. She can hold the book. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, the key to unlock your potential. The key to unlock your potential. Uh, one of the challenging things for pastors that are after God's heart. Let me say it that way. Uh, one of the challenges for us is that we normally see more in the saints of God than they see in themselves. We normally feel like the the potential that is in you is so much greater than you understand. And so we are challenged sometimes when we see potential and we're waiting for that potential to come forth and it doesn't. I think that's probably the most challenging thing for a pastor, probably second, probably second to uh, somebody walking away from God. Okay, so the first um, hardest thing for us to handle as a pastor is somebody walking away from God. The second thing is when we see great potential in someone that God has placed in their life and uh, they don't do everything that they can to uh, let that potential come forth and so it's challenging from that perspective for us but I'm going to help you today in giving you the key to unlock your potential the key to unlock your potential the word potential denotes the capacity to become or develop into something in the future It is latent 
qualities that have yet to be fully realized or entirely conceived. So it's something that's in you that is not yet realized. Something in you that's not yet conceived. Something in you that is coming forth but is not yet revealed. All of us have God-given potential that have not yet been developed and realized. Somebody say amen to that. There is not one of us in this house this morning that does not have God-given potential. Somebody say amen. However, however, to me, it seems like we fantasize more about our potential as opposed to developing our potential. So we can sit back and begin to think about what we can be. We can sit back and begin to even visualize, you know, how God can work through us and work in our lives. We can sit back and think of just who we are supposed to be as a child of God. But it never come forth because it was just pure fantasy. We only thought about it and imagined it, but we never did anything to see it come forth. We think about it. We think if I just pray and if I just go to church, the potential that is in me will come forth. And so we're waiting. We're waiting because we believe we have great potential as well. But it never come forth because we have treated it like a fantasy, not doing anything about it, but hoping to see it come to fruition. We want the glory without the suffering. We want the highs without first going low. (laughs) We want the finished product without going through the process. We want the accomplishment without any sacrifice. We have to go through the process to discover the key To unlock our potential. Fantasizing and hoping to reach your potential won't get you there. (laughs) Following and listening to your favorite social media personality won't do it for you. Some of us are frustrating ourselves by expecting others to be and to achieve their potential that really we're supposed to be or we're supposed to achieve. I've seen where... You know, one of the reasons why we become judgmental. We become judgmental oftentimes because we're expecting something of someone that really we should be doing ourselves. And because we're not doing it ourselves, we're expecting someone else to do it. And because they're not doing it, we become judgmental. But what you're really doing that you don't realize is you're frustrated with yourself for not doing what God has already placed in your heart and spirit to do. So you're judgmental. You start to say to yourself and even to probably someone close to you, 
can't believe they're not doing this, can't believe they're not doing that, and why won't they do this, and why won't they, they can do better than that. And these are the comments we begin to make because, in actuality, God has placed something in us. God has put something in our spirit. Potential is in us that we aren't tapping into and we aren't doing and we're resisting to follow and let God lead. And so now when we see others not doing it, we're frustrated. And to the point sometimes where we become critical. Sometimes we blame the church for not being what we think the church should be. When in actuality... God is saying the church is made up of members. And every member have a role that they must play in the church. If you're not doing your part, you have no right to look at anyone else to say, why aren't they doing their part? Because the bottom line is we all have a part to play. And hear me, somebody, you have no clue how when you begin to do your part, who you're going to inspire to do their part. Oh, my goodness, if so-and-so is doing their part, I need to get going and do what I'm supposed to do. Because you admired that person, and now you are inspired because of that person. And so, because you're not doing your part, others may not be doing their part. There is so much to be accomplished by us individually and collectively. There is so much to be accomplished by us individually and collectively that we have not realized because we're fantasizing instead of doing what we're supposed to do. Most people are asking what can be done for them instead of asking what can I do for others. That's one of the things that if I have to tell you that challenged me a lot is when people of God, especially people of God, because we got we we all know Jesus said or the word of God says, Jeremiah, I ordained thee a prophet before you even came out of the womb. God let us know that all of us are given talents. And so we know that being a Christian, we should have gotten to the place where we realize God has placed potential in all of us. There's not one of us that exists that God has not entrusted us with talents and we don't have potential in us. And so unfortunately, most of us should show up and say, what can I do to make a difference? But unfortunately, most of us show up to say, what can be done to please me? And so we come to church, and we want church to please us. But like anything else, the Word of God says, you reap. If all we do is come to church and look forward to what church can do for us and we never do anything for church, then we're going to reap what we did for church, which is zero. 
So let's begin to show up, Brother Izzy, and say, what can I do to make things better? What can I do to please God more than I'm pleasing him? What can I do to make our church service better? What can I do to make the kingdom of God move like it's never moved before or it's helped to expand the kingdom like I've never expanded? What can I do as opposed to walk around waiting for somebody to step up and do something? Quit waiting for someone to do what God has placed in your heart to do. If we will be honest with ourselves, there are things in us that we know God has placed in us to do. So church, can I pause here for a minute and say to you, I want you to begin to pray about the things that God has placed in your heart. I don't care if they seem impossible. I don't care if they don't make sense. I don't care what it is. You just know there are things in your heart that has always just kind of gnaw at you. There are things in your heart that you know has always challenged you. There are things in your heart that continues to come up into your mind and you are kind of placed it to the side or resisted or may have said to yourself I can't do that that's not me that ain't in my personality and so we place those things to the side I want you to begin to pray about those things those things in your heart that you have felt for a long time because God had placed them in you you didn't put them there God placed them there, and you are challenged by them because you are looking at, looking at it from your perspective, from your point of view. Start praying about them, and after a while, then come see me, and I'll help you do what God has placed in your heart to do. Our perception oftentimes get in the way of our potential. We have inaccurate perceptions of things which oftentimes are incorrect. Our perception tells us, and unfortunately we take that and run with it, and it's only our perception. We don't really know. And that could cripple us oftentimes by having perceptions that are wrong but believing they're right. In case you haven't realized, your perception is not always right. (laughs) There are so many things that influence our perception and most of those things are not what they first seem to be. Sometimes we base our perception on the perception of others. Or we base our perception on what others have of us. This is not good, as that is dangerous. It's a dangerous way of having perception or viewing things is when you base it off of what others may think or even what you think and not know. Other people... Do not determine your potential. Other people do not determine your potential. 
other people do not determine your potential. You want me to take it a little further? You do not determine. This is why I said to you, it might seem impossible in your heart that the thoughts that are in your heart and in your mind, it might seem ridiculous. It might not make sense. It might seem contrary to what you think are your strengths and ability. But I still want you to pray about it and let me and you talk about it because I understand that I don't determine my potential. Other people do not determine my potential. Only God determines our potential for he was the one that established our potential before we even came forth out of the womb that's who established our potential so if our perception tells us well you're not good in that area or you're not that talented or that's just not you that's the big one that gets us Izzy, that's the big one that gets us i love it how we have lived a life that that, that we perceive was kind of the life that we should live. And then we come to God, and because we have formulated a thought and a life of who we think we are and what we should be, when we come to God and God says, this is what you are, we struggle with that. We struggle with that. Because now we're going to base what we heard from God off of what we think we are. Well, I'm kind of shy. Well, I'm kind of, you know, I'm inward. Well, you know, I don't speak that you know, you know, nicely or, you know, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm not one that knows how to stand up in front of people. We get with all of this stuff. Okay. Can I ask you right now? Who told you you're not one to stand in front of people? Can I ask you who said that you can't speak in front of people or you're, the way you talk is just not going to be good enough? Who told you that? You or somebody else. But God never told you that. You, you took that up and ran with it. Somebody gave that to you and you believed that, but God never said that. So the, the, the things that you're struggling with that you think is not part of your personality, because that's what we like to say, that's not really my personality, then we kind of avoid them. But I'm here to tell you, God determines your potential. And whatever he has placed in you, that's what he desired to do in you. And you don't determine what your potential is. <laughs> that's interesting. You can limit your potential if you based it on your self-perception or the perception others have of you. That's one of the reasons why some of us have not even scratched the surface of our real potential because we have based what we think our potential will be on self-perception or what others think of us. How can you say that, preacher? Numbers chapter 13, verse number 33. The word of God says, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Watch this. And we, they're, they're, they're having their own perception of themselves now. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And guess what? They perceived that others saw them as grasshoppers. 
Sister Crystal, the Israelites lived down to their perception others had of them and what they have of themselves. They lived down. They didn't live up or according to. They lived beneath. Watch this. For the next 40 years, an entire generation passed away while wandering in the wilderness because of the perception they had of themselves or what others had of them. A whole generation of people cannot accomplish what God wanted them to accomplish because we didn't realize our potential. Because we never reached our potential. Generations could be lost. Generations could not accomplish the will of God because we did not realize our potential that's the bible that's the bible they wandered in the wilderness for years all because of how they saw themselves and what they thought others saw them uh, as and they wondered and never accomplished their real true potential in god People will die if we don't realize our potential. We will walk in the wilderness and never realize our potential if we don't look to God Almighty and believe what he says about us. It's not what you say about yourself. It's not what others say about you. But it's what God says about you. And when you come to realize that it's what God says about you, then just like how people can wonder and never accomplish their purpose, people will accomplish their purpose when you understand your potential and realize it. Others will come to realize their potential. Others will fulfill their purpose because of you. Church, I said this this morning, I've said it before, and I might say it in different ways continually. I know... Our world, and so many, even though our world is not saying that anymore, they're saying something different now that we have this virus going on. But let's just go back to God. Here is the truth of the matter. You can reject it if you want, but this is facts, as the young people like to say. God designed us as people to have to live in accordance with one another. Nobody lives unto themselves. What are you trying to say, Pastor? What I'm trying to tell you is stop thinking that you do your thing and it's not your responsibility to do this and it's not your responsibility to do that. God has designed life and people in such That when you fulfill your responsibility as a child of God in fulfilling your potential, others connect from that. So you might feel like, just leave me alone. I'm not the one that's making them do this or making them do that. Well, stop and ask yourself this. What are you doing in fulfilling your potential, your purpose in God? What are you doing? Because if you aren't doing it, In some way, shape, or form, you're affecting others. Thank you, Sister Crystal. That's facts. Listen. Here we go. You know, I always throw some sports reference in there. There's this quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. Really good quarterback. He's going to play today. But dude's got an issue with one of his toes. 
one of his toes. Okay. He's got an issue with one of his toes. Here is the story. Just one of his toe is hurting, and that might affect him in how he throws the ball. That may affect him in how he moves. That's going to affect him in how he thinks. Because here is how he's thinking. If I got to step and push off that toe, I'm not going to be able to make that throw. It's, I'm not going to be accurate. So you know what? I'm going to have to throw it this way. Those are all thoughts that he's having that he normally wouldn't have if that toe is not hurting. God designed his people to function like our body functions. That's my point. I said all that to say that God designed his church, his people to function the way our physical body function. That if one is not doing what it's supposed to do, the whole is being affected. So not thinking that you can affect the body is a deception and perception about that is totally wrong. Whatever you don't do that you're supposed to do, it affects the whole body. I know it's something that we, we, we think to ourselves, that can't be right. Well, your perception has been wrong. So whatever you're telling yourself this morning about what I'm preaching to you, oh, that can't be right. You know why it's not right to you? Because your perception has been wrong. Whole generation passed away because of perception, the perception that the Israelites had of themselves. If we are to fully realize our potential, we must not allow the perception of others to govern our life. We must believe God is at work in bringing to the surface that which is unseen. We must understand that there is a whole lot more to our life than what others or even ourselves might see. Don't go by what you see. Go by understanding who God is. God alone knows our future. We don't determine our potential. Only God determines our potential. Somebody say amen. God always used the natural to make us understand the spiritual. I love that about him. If we want to understand some things spiritually that we don't understand, there is usually a natural way of how things are in this life for us to understand the spiritual meaning behind it. And so I'm going to show you how powerful your potential really could be if you understand the natural. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, and God says, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Genesis chapter 9, I mean chapter 1, verse 9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear and it was so. You follow all that? Notice. When God spoke it, it was so. 
He was creating something out of nothing. He was speaking it into existence. And it became. In verse 11, however, there's a slight but significant shift in the way God was creating. In verse 11, Genesis 1, verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. This time, God spoke to something. This time, God spoke to something. That something was the earth. And out of the earth, God brought forth plants and trees. He did the same in verse number 20 and verse number 24. Thus, we find a pattern of what God was doing. Much of creation came from a substance, from the substance such as water and earth came animals and plants and trees of all types. Whenever God wanted to create something, he spoke to the substance. Let the substance bring forth. Therefore, we can rightly state that whatever God spoke to, whatever the substance is, it brought forth. The substance from which a living thing is created sets the parameters for that living thing's potential. I'll say that again. The substance from which a living thing is created sets the parameters for that living thing's potential. What do you mean by that, preacher? I'm lost. Okay. Since plants and trees came from the earth, let the earth bring forth trees, fruit trees. That's what he said. He spoke to the earth to bring forth trees. Isn't that what he said? Since the plants and trees came from the earth, plants and trees are dependent upon the earth to survive. If you remove a plant or tree from the earth, it will die. Its potential is never higher than its source. Its source determines its potential. So the earth determines the potential of the tree. If that, if that tree gets pulled out of the earth at this height and it's supposed to go 6 or 12 or 16 feet tall, then the earth now has control over the potential of that tree. So if you take that tree out of the earth, it could never achieve its potential. <laughs> and so here is the exciting news. God did not speak to the earth when creating man. God spoke to himself when created man. And so here is our challenge today. Let, let me help you out with this real quick. We, I love how, can I tell you, I took a class in, at ALI some years ago. And it's a class that makes you think independently and not think according to any groups. Uh-huh. They encourage you to study the Bible and to just contemplate 
and meditate on what you've read and pray and ask God for direction without any biases. I love that class. Because oftentimes we allow the majority of conversations to get us going sideways. What do you mean like what do you mean by that preacher? Genesis 1:26. Watch what the word of God says. And God said, "Let us make man in our image." How many years since you've been saved probably, you've been hearing people talking about, well, who was us? God is, you know, God is referring to us. I mean, you know, it must be two gods. Jesus must have existed at some point because he's saying us. And that's just because we're so far away from being in the right place with the Lord. That's why we want to go back and forth in arguing I usually don't talk to people who want to argue about the scripture. I will talk to people who are curious about the word of God. I've always, when you start saying, well, 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 if he, and, and you start going on to this, I just kind of just get quiet and stop talking. Because you're looking for a reason to not be obedient to God. Now, but when you come to me or anybody that knows the word, and you're saying, I don't understand. Why is he saying us? That's a different question. Right right then and there, you just gave your motive. You know, we don't want to understand that, but we display our motives in many, many of our actions and our conversations and speeches. And so when you say, I don't understand, why is this? the Bible says us? I thought it was only one God. I'm glad you asked. And so now I just gave you the explanation. When Jesus... Almighty God, but he had never, he had manifested himself back in Genesis. He was still operating as the invisible being. But when he spoke to the, first he spoke to nothing and it became something, right? Then he started speaking to what exists to bring forth something out of itself. And then he got to his place. So if you're following, the scriptures are connected. And so if you're following through, you realize if he's going to create something like him, then what is he going to speak to? The dirt not like him. Water not like him. There was nothing like him. So why was he going to speak to anything else if he had to bring forth something like himself? The only way to bring forth something like himself, speak to himself. So why are we getting confused about why did he say let us? The simple answer, he was bringing something forth out of himself. So he spoke to himself. And so verse 26 says, and God says, let us bring, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God created us in his image. But in order for him to start with creating us, he had to speak to himself. And just one little caveat, yeah, Our physical flesh is from the dirt. But understand, your flesh is housing who you really are. 
Your soul is who you really are. That soul, the Bible says God breathed into man and they became a living soul. So you came from God. You are a soul. You came from God and this this form, this body that we move around in is just the house that houses the soul. Man's potential is found in Almighty God. God spoke to himself and man became. God is man's source and God alone determined man's potential. You don't determine your potential. I don't determine your potential. Someone else doesn't determine your potential. Only Almighty God determines your potential. Somebody ought to give God some praise for that because what you can become is up to God and we know God is great and greatly to be praised. We know God is sovereign. We know God is omnipotent. And so we know your potential is unlimited. You just need to get involved and tap into who you are as a child of God. We got to stop wasting time on who we think we are. We got to stop wasting time on who people tell us we are. We got to get rid of our perceptions because our perception has blinded our minds in thinking that we're something that we're not. And so because we have hold on to our perception, what God is telling us we are, we are rejecting it. We're rejecting what God says we are and we're holding on to our own perception. What is that all about? God determines every aspect of your potential, physical and spiritual. How can you say that, preacher? What do you mean by that? When God created us, he knew we had to live in a physical world, but he knew we were spiritual beings. So he designed us so our potential will be maximized when we when we are who we are and we be who we're supposed to be, when we maximize our potential, we will have impact, great impact and great accomplishment in this world and in the spiritual world. So here is a little trickery that we might have fall prey to. Ron, when you do everything to accomplish what you can accomplish in this life, You can do it and still never scratch the surface of your potential in God. Because when God designed you, he placed in you potential for you to be successful in this life and successful in Christ. He didn't design you for you to have success in Christ and not in this life or in this life and not in Christ. He designed you to have success in every aspect of life. When you decide you're going to maximize your potential and accomplish great things in this life and don't scratch the surface of who you are in God, you still never tapped into your potential to reach where God has taken you to. So you can be successful in this life and you can feel like, oh, I maximize my potential. Here's one. Nobody in my family has ever graduated college, and I did, so I maximized my potential. That's good, honey. That's great, brother. I'm I'm happy for you. 
But if you think that's all your potential is, you're in trouble. If you think that's all your potential is, you're in trouble. Because if all your potential is, I'm going to get me a degree in this, I'm going to get me a degree in that, I'm going to get my master's, I'm going to get my doctorate, and I'm going to just, you know, do it. Okay, do you think that's all your potential in, consists of? Because you were made in the image of God. That's not all your potential. So you can accomplish things and reach a certain potential in this life and never became who God designed you to be. Don't be tricked. Don't be fooled by that in thinking that you've accomplished things in this life. So you're reaching your potential. You're maximizing your potential. No, you're not. You are not maximizing your potential until you become who God says you are. And when you become who God says you are, you will get your degree, Sister Crystal. You will get your doctorate. You will get all that you got to get in this life. But you will also have great, powerful impact spiritually. You will also do great things for Christ. And that's when you know you have, oh, reached your potential in Christ or getting to your potential. When you are maximizing yourself in this life and you're maximizing yourself in the spiritual realm in Christ, that's when you know, oh yeah, I'm doing what I got to do. There are some of us that we're so spiritual that we're no earthly good. I'm not talking about those people because there's some people walking around here, they walk around in tongues, speaking tongues, uh, and they can't speak English to nobody to be a witness. So I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people that are really truly being who God called them to be, uh, that they can be spiritual, uh, they can be powerful in God, uh, they can do the great things of God, uh, but they also have accomplished things uh, in this life. Uh, Those are the people I'm talking about because God will use us to do all things and not just some things. I don't want to be so spiritual that I'm no earthly good. Can't talk to nobody because we think everybody is the worst and we're the best and we're so far gone sometimes in saying that we're people of God. To be human is to have purpose, and our purpose is to have dominion at the work of God's hand. There's a scripture that says here in Psalms 8 and 4, it says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. You're not made a little lower or a little higher than animals. People want you to think you're just a little bit higher than animals. No, you're made a little lower than angels. In this case, when it says angels, it's talking about Elohim. It's not talking about these the angels that God created to be ministering spirits to them who are heirs to salvation. It's talking about being like God. We were created just a little tad bit lower than our creator because we came from him. So guess what? We were created just a little bit tad bit lower than him. Don't compare yourself with animals. Don't let nobody tell you that, you know, we're just a little bit more sophisticated than animals. We're almost like God. You kidding me? Verse 6 says, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things. Not some things. All things under his feet. It drives me a little crazy. I'm including myself in this. When we allow the things of creation and in this life to control us. Whether it's money, 
whether it's material things, whether it's drugs and alcohol, whether it's pornography, whether it's hatred, whatever it is, things that came from this life, things that are created, it's all below us. We're supposed to rule it. We're supposed to have rulership over it. And it's crazy when we allow things to have rule over us when it's below and beneath us. When we come to realize our potential and who we are, we will start to take dominion and rulership over things that are controlling us even today. I'm closing. The why of mankind is found in this. You want to know? Your whys, your why is found in relationships. Your why is found in responsibilities. Your why is found in potential. This is what it means to be made in the image of God. When you are being who God created you to be, you will be right with relationships. You will make sure relationships has the why in there for you, responsibilities, and your potential. Those three things you ought to be looking at carefully. Sadly, the image has been marred. Consequently, our relationships have been fractured. Responsibilities are avoided and potential unrealized. Aligning with God's plan results in restoration of relationship, fulfilling of our responsibility, and seizing of our potential. When you start to live for God, you will begin to realize who you are and your potential in God. But I need you to not resist what God is stirring up inside of you that you're thinking that that ain't me. Who told you that? Who told you that you're not, it's just not you to speak in front of people Who told you that it's not you to teach a Sunday school class? Who told you it's not you to lead prayer? Who told you it's not you to teach somebody a Bible study? Who told you it's not you to just start up relationships with people? Who told you it's not you to do things in the kingdom of God? If it's in your heart, if it's in your thought, if something, hear me, hear me, hear me good on this one. If there's something in the church agitating you. If every time you look at something in the church, you get agitated, either it's not getting done right or it's not getting done at all. If there's something that's agitating you, that's what God has placed in you. And you have tried to measure it according to the perception you have brought forth for yourself. Ah, That's just not me. And so you have just been dragging your feet on something that's been gnawing at you because you have determined, you have determined, ah, that's just not me. And you have no clue how that little thing is going to maximize God's potential in you. (laughs) I look back, I'm closing up here. I look back, Sister Crystal. I've shared this story. Some of you haven't heard it, so I'll let some of you hear it that hadn't heard it. I look back over my life, and there are some things I remember and some things I don't remember. 
But I look back in my life with Christ, Sister Crystal, and when I was, when our old church was hitting its stride, Shauna, we had, I mean, somebody just post about, you know, our old church. It, I mean, when I say hit its stride, I'm telling you, we was probably one of the best kept secret in Pentecost. The way we was rolling when we were hitting our stride. And there were so many gifted and talented people in our church. People were just powerful. And of course, I see myself the way I saw myself. And I remember one day my pastor came to me. And we used to have foreign missions reports. And he gave me about six foreign mission reports. He says, I want you to get up there and read them. Just kind of, you know, encourage folks about what God is doing in the mission field. And so he gave them to me. Of course, first of all, I got to read through it and I can't pronounce some of the words. You're young, so you don't want to skip over anything because you're like, if the man of God gave me that, I better get it right. So I'm trying to study, trying to go over it, understand the words and, well, you know, you know what they mean and all of this stuff and trying to learn them. And I probably only got, what, five minutes to just do that. Got powerful people in the church, Stacy. I mean, people that's been in church a long time. They teach Bible studies. I mean, they can preach all of this stuff. And here we go. And so I had to get up there and I had to read the report and try to encourage people. I'm sweating up a storm, nervous, trying to turn the page, nervous. I get down, Sister Shauna, and I'm like, whew, man. But then I'm beating myself up. You made mistakes, bro. You said this, and uh, that wasn't really how you were supposed to say it. Then somebody come up to me. You got to stop saying, uh, uh, a lot. Then somebody said, that word that you said, that wasn't the right word. That ain't how you pronounce it. Use all the stuff. And I just, I said, okay. I had a good attitude about it. I said, yeah. I knew. I just tried to do my best. Never got any kind of way. But you know what God was up to? He had put potential in me. And he was using something small to ignite that potential that nobody else knew. All of those people that was in the house of God that was this and that was that, that had titles and all of that stuff, they had no clue the potential that Almighty God had placed in me. They had no clue what God was up to. Neither did I! So I ain't mad at them because neither did I. My point for telling you this is that you don't understand the potential that's in you. And if you don't realize that some things may not be you, I wasn't always this, I don't know what you want to call it, just comfortable in speaking, standing in front of people. No, no, my wife will tell you. I got so excited about God, Rohan. Back in those days, they were quick to have testimony service. But back in those days, you had, to, you had to be careful with testimony service because they would try to sing you to sit down if you drag it out. I don't know if you understand that. <laughs> so if you've been testifying too long and it's not about, you know, the goodness of God, they just lift a song and then we just drown you out and keep moving because <laughs> you just didn't obey. And so God was working in my life. And so I wanted to give a testimony, Ethan. You know what I did? Nicola found it in my car one time. I wrote my testimony down. 
because here I am. I don't want to make any mistakes. I don't know how to talk in front of people. So I'm writing down my testimony, Ethan, because I didn't want to get up and get tongue-tied. So I wrote down my testimony trying to study it, study it, study it. So when they say, anybody have a testimony? I can raise my hand and give a testimony without just stumbling and bumbling over my words. Why am I telling you all that? Because I didn't get to where I am today because I knew that I had this potential in me. I had no clue. I didn't know. But what I did do is every little thing the Lord put into me, I start responding. And I, and I would just respond and say, okay, God, even though it makes me uncomfortable, even though it's not something that I like, I am going to respond. And guess what? You, it's up to you whatever you want to do. All I knew was I wanted to live for God. I didn't know anything. I just wanted to live for God. But living for God warrants a life of purpose. This is where the scripture says that we just read that he he, he has given us dominion over the works of his hands. So think about that. He created and gave us dominion. How do you have dominion? By doing nothing. So to live for God means you're living a purpose-driven life. You can't live for God and do nothing. You got to live for God in waking up and knowing I have a purpose today and I got to do something for God, not for myself. And so I close today. With this last scripture, maybe second to last scripture, but you can call it the last scripture. Luke chapter 15. And when he had spent all, we know this is the the story of the prodigal son who was living in daddy's house, who was doing the same thing over and over every day and got bored. Tired of doing what daddy say do. Every every week is the same thing. In his mind, I don't even see nothing changing around here. Why do I need to stay here? And I always hear about stuff going on out there anyway. So let me go see what's going on. Dad, give me all of what you got for me. I want all of my inheritance. Let me get my stuff so I can roll. Because what y'all are doing here is for the birds. Let me go and do my thing. And he went and live as right as living is what the Bible says. And when he had money, listen to me, little Sammy. When he had some money, everybody was rolling with him. Remember in high school when I, I was one of the first ones out my, I saw one of my boys the other day telling me I was one of the first ones to have a car in high school. And everybody jumped in. When you got the car in high school, everybody jumping in. <laughs> Ooh. This is why I tell my kids all the time. I told my oldest and my other, um, um, my second oldest, I told them, I says, please, when they was just young boys, I said, please, only drive one person at a time in the car. Don't be loading it up. Why am I telling them that? Because I live that life. And if you are young at that age and you have one in the front seat and three in the back, you're getting pulled over. You can, you can be mad at the cops all you want. Says, I was driving the speed limit. I wasn't doing anything wrong. They know that chances are y'all doing something wrong. Is it right? I'm not saying it's right. No, but they're going to pull you over. So I used to always tell my kids, listen, just one person in the front. That's it. Nobody else. Don't load up your car because you will get pulled over. And one wrong thing is wrong, you're going to jail. So don't do it. And so prodigal at home, 
He want to go hang out with other people to see what their life is. So he, he got all his money, and he started spending everybody rolling with him, Sammy. They having a good time. But then the money ran out. Money ran out, Sam. You think somebody going to look him out now that his money gone? Isn't that how it's supposed to go? <laughs> Verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So when he had no money, meaning he had no food, he couldn't eat, he hooked up with somebody that owned some property, and the person said, go feed my pigs and you'll make some money and, you know, start finding your way. Verse 16. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Man, nobody was giving him anything to eat. He was now eating with the swines. And when he came, trumpet the swines, he was, eating, he was eating with the swine. He wasn't eating the swine. He was eating with the swine. <laughs> and when he came to himself, <laughs> he came to himself. When you, when you eat with swines, you're not in your right mind. I'm not going to go through the trumpet. <laughs> but he came to himself. Notice something. Dig a little deep in the scripture, IJ. Dig a little deep in the scripture, right? So here's the story. When he was in the father's house, apparently he was himself. (laughs) Rowan, listen to me this morning. When you're in the father's house, you are in your right mind. You are yourself. But when you're not in the father's house, I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And so when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He said, the servants in my father's house, they have more than enough to eat. The servants in my father's house have more than enough to eat. And here I am eating with the pigs. Not eating the pigs, eating with the pigs. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Uh huh. Listen, just give it some time if we stay away from Jesus. At some point in time, we'll realize, man, it's better to be in the house of God and going through whatever I went through than to be outside of the house of God and be dealing with this because don't nobody show you no love. You know what? In the house of God, I don't care how much you think things aren't right, you're going to feel some love in the house of God. There's no guarantee you ever going to feel no love outside of the house of God, even in your own family. But it's guaranteed in the house of God, even if everybody not showing you love, somebody going to show you love. Because God can't lie, and it's God's house. So he's going to make sure somebody show you love. We don't want to leave the house of God. You don't want to do that. And so he says here, And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He said, It's better to go in the house of my father and just serve and not worry about not being his son anymore. 
Since I forfeited my right to be called his son, since I forfeited my right to be a son, I took my inheritance and spent it all up. I forfeited my right to be a son. But you know what? My father's house is so good that even the servants have more than enough food in there. So let me just go to my father's house and be a servant. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father and said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For thy son, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Notice this. Notice this. His self-discovery of himself was that he is a servant. That's what he said. I'm just going to go to my father's house and be a servant. I'm no more worthy to be called his son. So his self-discovery of himself, Shauna, says that I'm just a servant now. Uh-huh. That's the self-discovery of himself. I'm just a servant now. Uh-huh. God's declaration says, you are my son, and nothing you could do could ever change that fact. Was supposed to be running, running the aisle. Y'all was supposed to be running the aisle. God says, Rayon, no matter what you ever do, it never changes your status with Him. You will always be a son. When you become a son of God, you will always be a son. Now the question is, will you remain in the house or you will leave the house, but you will not stop being a son of God when you become a son of God? of God. So what's the real issue? The real issue is not God is never going to reject us and say, oh, you messed up so we can't, I can't call you son anymore. No, you will always be son. It just depends on your position and will you follow and stay in the house? Will you obey my rules of my house? Will you stay in my house or will you go and do whatever you want? But you're still a son. You're still a son. The prodigal son's past did not determine his potential. The prodigal son's source is his father, and his father determined his potential. He thought all his potential was supposed to be was be a servant in the house of his father, but his father said, oh no, I determined your potential, and once you are my son, you will always be my son. I will always treat you as a son. Your potential is not determined by you, your past, or what you have done. Your potential is determined by the Father. Let's stand. The Father determines your potential. And the Father don't reject you. The Father don't give up on you. The Father don't say, you're not my son anymore. For some of us, I got to be honest with you. You can't turn your back on your children because they're not living up to their potential. 
they still your children. Your daughter is still your daughter. Your son is still your son. They may not be living up to their potential, but guess what? You determine their potential. So if you will keep loving them, if you will keep encouraging them, if you will keep building them up, if you will keep just being a blessing to them, they can achieve their potential. Your potential is up to God. You came from God. You didn't come from man. You came from God. God determines your potential. In Matthew 16 and 26, the word of God says, For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We're not here to try to obtain all we can in this world. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 27 says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Remember, remember, remember the servant that got one talent. He dug a hole and hid it. He did nothing with it. He had potential, but he did nothing with it. God have a problem with us when we do nothing with our potential. And so today, you have no excuse or no reason as to why you won't see your uh, potential to its fulfillment. You can achieve whatever it is that God has put into your heart. And God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And God has put into your heart things that you might not think you're capable of doing. But God is the source that will maximize your potential, not you. He is the source that maximizes potential, not you, not your thoughts, not what you think. He is the one that will grant you talents and abilities and gifts. He is the one that will work in you and through you for you to maximize your potential in him. It's time, church. We have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let's get everybody home. Let's get everybody to come into the house of our father. So God can do whatever he wants to do in their life. We have to go to the Father. You cannot maximize your potential outside of the Father. It's no wonder the house of God, the church, is the house of our Father. And when we come to the church, we come to the house of our Father. In order for you to see your maximum potential reach, you have to place yourself in the arms, in the house of our Father. It's interesting how in Jeremiah where uh, uh, God told Jeremiah was to go down to the potter's house. Isn't it interesting? You don't think God could talk to Jeremiah right where he was? Oh, yes, he could. But he decided, no, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house because I'm going to show you some things down there. Because there are things that will happen in the house of God that we will not imagine or we will not even understand what God will do in his house. It's his house, and that's why he will do things in his house that we don't really realize he will do. We need to encourage people to come home because all of us got a role to play. Ethan said to me this morning, we need musicians. We sure do need musicians. Did God put something in your heart or you just think, ah, 
music is not just for me. I, I just there's no way I'll be able to play a guitar. There's no way I'll be able to play the drums. There's no way I'm going to be able to play the keyboard. Nah, that was never me. But every time you walk in, something just begin to stir you up. We need music. Well, maybe if you would just start to try. Maybe if you will just start to put to work what God has placed in you, maybe you'll see that God didn't make a mistake when he started putting in your mind music. Go play music. Go do music. Hmm. How about we talk to God before we get out of here about the key to unlock our potential is Jesus Christ. But the way that you will accomplish and maximize your potential is by placing yourself in the hands of God, is by coming home and be in the house of God. The way you're going to see the, 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 your potential maximized is by being obedient to God. The only way you're going to maximize that potential and see it reach is by being faithful to God, showing up and say, God, here I am. You can't maximize your potential the way you're doing it. You can't just part-timely participate. God needs your all so he can maximize your potential. Oh, I just can imagine when Jesus walked this earth, what if he just gave some of himself but not all of himself? Will he have made it through the Garden of Gethsemane? Well, he had made it when he says, Father, if this cup can pass, let it pass from me. However, nevertheless, not as I will. What if he wasn't fully committed? Would he have went through and would we have had the opportunity to have eternal life? God needs our all for him to maximize our potential, not our sum. He needs our all. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today, almighty God. For truly, Lord Jesus, the word of God has gone forth. Now, Lord, we don't want to, oh God, ignore it. We don't want to reject it. But I pray that each and every one of us will receive the word of God with gladness. That we will receive the word of God in faith and obedience, Lord. That if this word, Lord God, will be mixed with faith today, oh God, Preachers will be raised up in this congregation. Teachers will be raised up in this congregation. Evangelists and missionaries will be raised up in this congregation. Musicians will be raised up in this congregation, Lord God. Praise and worship will, oh God, will expand, Lord Jesus. Audiovisual will expand, Lord Jesus. Oh God, ushers will expand, Almighty God. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, teachers will expand, and God, we will begin to maximize our talents in you. We will begin to reach our world like we've never reached our world. Our children, Lord God, will reach their potential because we have allowed you to maximize our potential. Oh God, the generation behind us, they will come forth and do what they're supposed to do. That we will not be a hindrance to the generation behind us, but that we will do what we're supposed to do by presenting ourselves a living sacrifice unto you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, I pray uh, this afternoon that you will have your way uh, in us. Uh, those of us that are online right now, will you move on them uh, in a special way uh, and they will hear the voice of God saying, come on to me uh, and lay down your life for me. Uh, come on to me uh, and submit your life to
to me. Let me work my work in you. Let me maximize your potential. Oh God, I pray this morning, this afternoon, that you will move upon us and that, Lord, we will not leave this place without a made-up mind, without a committed life to say, Lord, whatever it takes for me to, God, surrender all and maximize my abilities, my talents, by you working in me. I will do it, Lord. I sacrifice my life, Lord God. Today I lay down my life, oh God, that your will may be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, Lord, consume us by the word. Let this word not escape us today, but whatever you have in store for us, begin to open our eyes to understand. Begin to open up our understanding, Lord God, to conceive it. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, I pray today that you will guide us. I pray that you will lead us today, that we will fulfill, oh God, the promises and the will of God. Lord Jesus, have your way today. Help us, Lord, that our potential will be reached. Help us, oh God, that our potential will be reached and that we will not be the same. And that, Lord, whatever ill understanding that we have of ourselves and our potential, that it will leave us. And that, Lord, all we will know is what you has called us to be. That all we will know is what you said we are. We give you the praise and the honor today. We give you the praise and the honor today. For there is none like you. There is none like you. Oh, God, bless your people as they go today, Lord. Keep your hand upon them, Lord. That your will will be done in their life. As we give you the praise, we give you the honor. And we thank you today. Somebody, let's put our hands together today and thank the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Let's appreciate Him. Let's thank Him today. And let's not let this word escape us, but let us become doers of what we just hear. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day in Jesus' name.